This is LAC Online Church in Perry, Ohio. We exist to love God and love people. For more information about our church or ministry activities, please visit LakeErieChurch.com. Now here's today's message. I said this several times, but I'm going to say it again. One of the things that I encourage you to do if you are new to the faith, which many of you are, if you are new to the Lord, new to church, don't have a lot of background in history, and many of you are, you say, how do I get started praying? And this is the simple way that I've been teaching men and women in our church to pray. Start by praying five minutes every day. Take five minutes every day and pray. You can divide that into five one-minute prayers, or you can pray one full five minutes as you go to work, as you're at the gym, as you're walking, as you're making up beds, as you're cooking your supper, as you're coming, you're doing work, whatever it is. Take five minutes every day. You say, well, that's not a lot. I'm telling you what, if you pray five minutes every day the rest of your life, you will have prayed a lot. And it's not, a, not how much you pray that really impresses God. God's not more impressed with people that pray 30 minutes than those that pray five minutes. You're not going to get a better mansion in heaven if you pray an hour than if you pray 10. It's about the quality of what you're doing. Just praying Talking to God, communicating with God. Let me give you a quick example. So I, I tell this girl all the time how much I love her. I love Shelly. She's a part of my life. She, is, she defines a lot of who I have become. She's my helper. She's my partner. But if I never talked to her, if I never took the time to listen to her, if there were no interactions, then she would not... She would not believe that I cared, and furthermore, she wouldn't really want to be around me that much. And it's the same with your relationship to God. We say we love God. Okay, let's talk to God. Let's talk to God. Five minutes every day. Take the time to talk to God, and don't worry about what you're saying. You know, you don't have to have a special language. You don't have to be standing in a, a special way. You just have to be able to talk. We talked about the first week. If you remember... Keep it real. Make your prayers honest with God. Tell God how you feel. If you're upset, tell God I'm upset. I do it all the time. You're frustrated. God, I'm frustrated. God, I'm sad. Be honest with God because here's, here's the truth. He already knows. It's not like you're catching God up on something He doesn't already know. So keep it real. And make it honest and just keep it very simple and don't let yourself get overwhelmed with praying. Don't overthink it. Just pray. All right, here's what I want you to do. I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes. I want you to take your right hand and place it over your heart and I want you to repeat after me. Lord, teach me how to pray. Help me to communicate with you. So that our relationship will always be strong. Help my ears to be open to hear your voice. And teach me how to recognize your voice when you're speaking to me. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to begin this message this morning by asking you to think about something that you would like to ask God for. 
sounds very simple, doesn't it? But right now, remember last Sunday when we were talking about the woman whose daughter was in trouble and Jesus said to her at the end, you can have whatever it is that you want. And we said that, God, that Jesus gave her a blank check. Whatever it is that you want. So I'm asking you this morning, right now, just in this quiet moment before we get started, to think about something that you would ask God for right now. Not next week, right now. Something you would ask God for right now. It may be for yourself. It may be for somebody. It may be something abstract. But I want you to think about something that you want to ask God for. And then on the piece of paper that you were given, would you take a second and write that down? I'm asking you to write it down for a couple of reasons. One of which will be obvious at the end of this sermon. But the other is because I don't want you to forget what you wanted to ask God for. When I got up this morning, knowing that I was going to be talking to you and thinking about arranging my thoughts... I thought about a young boy that is in our learning center, a young boy that the staff and myself are very concerned and burdened about. And I said to the Lord, what should I ask you for concerning, and I called the little boy's name, how would you want me to ask you for what we think this child needs, that we all so desperately want to be a part of helping him with. What should I ask you for? See, I think that we have to be reminded that regardless, there are so many different dimensions of prayer. We're trying to talk, you know, we talked about praying through disappointment. We talked about praying for other people last week. Next week, we'll talk about how to pray so we can forgive one another. So many different dimensions of prayer, but at the very basic, what prayer is really about is asking God for help. That's what prayer is. It's about asking God, communicating with God what we need and asking God for help. Now in this passage that Sophia read to us this morning, there's a man who needs a miracle. He's blind. He has an eyesight problem. And how many of you know God still heals people who have eye problems? In fact, God can heal you in this service this morning if you've got a problem with your eyes. Not a doubt in my mind that as you listen to God's word, the Bible said faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. As you listen to God's word, you hear that your faith is going to be increased and you can ask God to heal your eyes. How many of you believe that? Amen. You can believe God for that kind of a miracle in your own life. Let me ask you this question. How many of you have ever prayed for an open parking spot? Yeah. Maybe even here at Lake Erie when you come and the parking lot's full. You know, Lord, please let me get a spot. Help me to find a spot. Can I just tell you, we now have an auxiliary parking lot around the back. that you, If you run out of spots, you can go around the back and you're able to come in one of the side doors. You say, is that, how many of you have ever prayed, not only for an open parking spot, how many of you have ever prayed that when you saw the blue lights of that patrol car come on, that you started praying, Lord, I hope he's not coming for me. Yeah. 
Last Sunday, yes. Yeah. Here, here's the point. You say, oh, that's silly praying. No, it's not. That's not silly praying. See, here's my contention. If you only pray hard about really big mon monumental things, then you're only going to see a miracle once or twice in your lifetime. But if you're willing to pray to God for everything, you're going to see miracles every day. You're going to see God answering prayers every day of your life. The opportunity to talk to God, to ask God for help. This man, when Jesus said, what do you want? And he said, I want to be healed. I want my sight. And Jesus healed him that day. The, the point of this, this very idea is that, the, as I said, the very foundation and the heart of all prayer is asking God for help. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18, verse 19. He said, if any two of you agree on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. John 14, 14, yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. James goes further to chastise you and I by saying you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. In other words, the reason that you don't have is because you don't ask. So the critical question is why is asking so important to our prayer life. In fact, on that prayer wheel that we've been giving you over the weeks, it's not in this week's outline, and if you don't have one of last week's outline, you can get them back at the Welcome Center. But in last week, we gave you one of those prayer wheels. One of, several of those are about petition, about asking, and God wants you to ask. It's not a problem to God for you to ask Him for what it is that you need. Over and over. In fact, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Paul said, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. In other words, God wants you to come to Him for the things that you need. He doesn't want you going to somebody else. He wants you to come to Him when you have a need so that He can supply that need. For just a few minutes this morning, let's talk about why asking is so important to praying as far as God is concerned. First of all, we ask because it is relational. We ask because it's relational. Our asking is a part of our relationship to God. We've been saying this now for some time that God is deeply invested and interested in having a relationship with you. He wants a relationship with you. He created you for relationship with Him. And our sin separated us from God. And what Jesus was, Jesus went to Calvary so that God could reestablish the possibility that you and I could have relationship with Him. God's desire is for you to have a relationship. And this may sound difficult for some of you to understand, but God is more interested in your relationship with Him than He is in just giving you blessings. I mean, God's more interested in the fact that He has a relationship with you than just standing here handing out blessings to you. 
And yet that's what we often do with God is we don't understand that what He desires most is the opportunity to have a relationship. Let me show this to you in Scripture. In Mark chapter 5, there's a woman who has a bleeding disorder. And the Bible said that she came and found Jesus and pressed through a big crowd that was surrounding him until she touched the hem of his garment. And the Bible said that when she touched his garment, he perceived that, some, that virtue, that somebody had touched him in a, in, a, in a spiritual way, that their faith had connected with him. And he stopped. And he started searching for the woman that had touched the hem of his garment. Now, she was already healed. The Bible said from the moment that she touched his garment, she was healed. So there was no other reason for them to connect except Jesus wanted a relationship with this woman. He wanted a connection with her. And when you and I ask God for things, when we say to God, God, I need you to help me with my daughter. I need you to help me with my marriage. I need you to help me with my health. I need you to help me with my career. What we are doing is we are investing in the relationship that we want to have with God. We see Him as our Heavenly Father. We see Him as the one that cares about us, whose desire and interest is in supplying the very need of our life. Those of you that are fathers in the room, think about what you want as a father. You want your children to know that if they need something, they can come to you. If you are the mother of a child, you don't want your children going to the next door neighbor's mother and asking for the basic things that they need. You want that child coming to you. Well, in the same way, your heavenly father wants you to ask him for what you need. You say, well, didn't you tell us a moment ago that he already knows? Yep, I did. And that's the point. He already knows what it is that you need. So why does he want you to ask? Because he wants a relationship with you. He doesn't need you to catch him up on how bad you feel. He doesn't necessarily need you to tell him how bad things are. He already knows that. And it's okay to tell him. But the fact of the matter is he wants you to ask so that he has an opportunity to be in relationship with you in that asking. Here's another illustration about Shelly. How did I ever learn to preach before I knew Shelly? Shelly loves coffee. Most of you know that. She is a coffee snob. I'm telling you, she loves her coffee. And she can tell you where the good coffee is and where the bad coffee is. But she buys a lot of coffee at Starbucks, and we go through the drive-thru a lot of times. It's amazing how many of our trips just happen to pass a Starbucks, just happen to be going, turn right here at this light. It's not a quicker way, but it does get us by a Starbucks. And so we are in line at Starbucks, and she has a particular order that she likes. She orders pretty much the same thing every time. And when we get to the window, they pass the drink through the window, and she goes, oh, my God, this is awful. This is absolutely awful. Oh, it's terrible. And I'm like, hand it back to me. Let them refix it. Oh, no, no, no. No, I don't, I don't want to complain. Well, you just did. I said, let's, let's pass it back and let them fix it. And she's like, no, 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 no. I'll just put this on my list. I'm never coming back here. 
And I will say to her, and she knows I say this a lot, Shelly, they want to fix the coffee right. Because they know that if you go away with the attitude you have right now, you're never coming back. And it's worth it to the manager of this store to give you another cup of coffee and keep giving you cups of coffee till he gets it right. Because if he goes that far, you'll always come here for your coffee. It's because Starbucks wants a relationship with you. They're not selling coffee. They're selling experience. And they want you to come there. And they want you to be happy. Same thing at a restaurant. If your meal's not right, the manager wants you to tell him it wasn't right. Because he doesn't want you to go out and tell all your friends, I went to that steakhouse, it was horrible. No, he wants you to say, you know what, my meal wasn't right, but they made it right or they didn't charge me or whatever it was because that's good advertisement. And what the Heavenly Father wants is He wants you to give Him your needs because He's the best one to supply that need. He wants to meet your need. Everybody say relational. Second of all, we ask because it's vulnerable. It's vulnerable to ask. This is the real reason we don't ask. Because for us to request is an admittance, that mission, that we're missing something. That we don't have something. And so to ask makes us vulnerable. We become vulnerable in asking. There's some area of my life. I was reading not too long ago from an author by the name of Gene Williams who said, these are some of the reasons why we don't ask God to help. Number one, our requests seem too trivial to bother God with. Number two, we're protecting ourselves from disappointments and doubts. Number three, we feel like we're being selfish or greedy when we ask God for certain things. Number four, we assume that our prayers will never affect God's sovereign plans. And number five, we assume that He is unwilling or unable to help us. Here's two things about asking that I need you to understand today. Number one is that asking is an expression of our dependence on God. So that when we ask, we are in fact saying to Him, I can't do this without you. I can't do this without you. A few years ago, I wrote this book entitled Invited to the Deep End, and I talk about this idea that God always wants you in over your head. God doesn't want you swimming in water that you can swim without Him. You know, when I was a little boy, we didn't, have, we didn't have the opportunity to do very much swimming. I didn't learn to swim until I was much older. And so the only time I ever got to swim, Pastor Dustin, is when I went to youth camp. They had a pool there, and I always looked forward to that. I, I used to tell them that I went to youth camp for the swimming and the women. That's what I went to youth camp for. And we would go to the swimming pool, and, you know, they have that, you have that pool divided up, and you've got that big rope line across the middle of the pool. You ever seen that before? You know, that's the deep end down there, and then this line here divides. It's a shallow end. You know, it's a couple feet deep. And they would always have that swimming test. And if you could swim across and back, you know, without help, then they would give you a band to go on your hand that indicated you can go off the diving board. You could swim on the other side of the rope. The rest of us losers were on this other side of the rope. You know, we're standing in water about right here, about mid-thigh, and we're walking around, and we're splashing and playing chicken and, and diving for pennies on the bottom of the pool or whatever it was. And when we got, you know, when we got done, we would tell people we went swimming. No, we didn't. 
That's not swimming. That's advanced waiting. It's not swimming. And I used to look at those guys on the other side out there. That, you know, they're doing the, the cannonballs and all the big dives off the diving board. And I used to long for and wish that I could swim on the other side. Over there on the other side, you can't hang on to a rope. It's just too deep. You are completely dependent on your ability to swim. Well, that's the way God wants your life to be. God doesn't want you living your whole life in, in, in the insecurity of saying, i got to stay in this shallow end so I can keep my feet on the bottom. So that I'm no. no, he wants you over there where life is supposed to be lived. Completely in over your head, on your knees every day saying, God, I don't know how to raise these children without your help. I don't know how to manage my marriage without your help. I'm in over my head. I don't know how to run this business. I don't know how to take care of myself. I don't know what to do. And you know what happens in those moments? You make yourself dependent on a God who is so faithful, He's never going to let you drown in the deep end. No, He's not. He's not going to let you drown. He wants you in that space so that your relationship is one of dependence on the Lord. Second of all, asking is an expression of faith. When we ask, we are expressing our faith in God. It's a way of our opening up our hearts. To say, I'm asking you because I believe that you have the power and the ability to supply the need that I'm asking you for. Jesus said this so powerfully in Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. He said, if you... Being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask Him? So say vulnerable. Relational, vulnerable. Third is we ask because it's intentional. We ask because it's intentional. When you ask God for something, you are inviting God to participate in your life. You're asking God to engage himself. Let me tell you something about this God that you need to know. He is not going to come where he is not invited. He is not going to overrun your free will. He's not going to force you to accept something that you won't accept. He's going to wait for you to invite him. He's going to wait for you to invite him into your life, into your house, into your family, into your health, into your career. And and you have to do that. You have to take that forward step, that intentional step to invite him into your life. And when you do, he comes rushing towards you. But you have to invite him into that space. When we refuse to ask God for help, it's prideful. When you refuse to ask God for help, it's prideful. You know what it says? It says, I can handle this on my own. I'm not asking God for help here because I can handle this on my own. When have you ever handled anything on your own better than God can? When have you ever been able to handle things in your life better than you can when God is involved? Because every time I try to handle things on my own, they get messed up. God knows what I don't know. He understands what I don't understand. Sometimes I, I come to God and I say, God, this is my issue, and I don't even know what to pray. I said that this week. 
I stood with a family that had so many unanswered questions about their loved ones passing. And I said to God, I don't even know what I'm supposed to ask you for. I don't even know what I'm supposed to say. If I try to resolve life, if I try to answer the questions, it's an amazing thing that's happened to me. I, I don't know if this has happened to anybody else. But as I have gotten older, I have become more comfortable saying, I don't know. Because when I was 25, I had all the answers to life. Before my children came into the world, I could tell everybody how to raise their kids. But as you get older, you realize we're all in this same battle together. And it's okay to say, I just don't know. One of you asked me during this series about something about prayer, and I just said, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. Because I need you to hear me say, and I need to say to you, that we have to have the Lord's help or we won't get it right. Your marriage will not be the marriage that it should be without the Lord's help. Your children will not turn out the way that God wants them without His help. And if you don't invite Him to help you, He won't. If you don't say, Lord, help me, he just says, okay, you're on your own. Go ahead. And so many times when we decide that we're going to take life and do it our way, we get bloodied and beat up, and then we find ourselves bringing our wounded bones to the altar and going, God, I really messed that up. And I need you to help me. And then guess what? He says, okay, let's go. Let's fix this. Let's get it together. I don't know why we are so stubborn about this, but we are. I am. You are. We're all stubborn about this. We have a heavenly Father who wants to help us. And the only thing that He requires is for us to ask Him to help us. Just ask Him. There's not seven things or nine steps. No, just ask Him. I need you to help. God, I'm a train wreck as a dad. Would you help me? God, I cannot manage our family income. Would you help me? I can't get it right with my wife. Would you help me? Just whatever it is, don't stop asking for help. Because I promise you, that when the Lord is involved, He will help you. It's so hard for us, isn't it, to ask for help. I mean, there are times when I really need help. And I will, you know, maybe I, maybe I know that you could help me. But I'm not sure what your condition is, what your situation is. And I'll go, well, I don't want to bother them. We, we do, I do the same thing with God. I do the same thing with God. And you know what I find a lot of times? That most people really do want to help you. And God always wants to help you. God always wants to help you. 
So I made a list of some things that I struggle with. I'm going to give this to you, and then we're going to wrap this up. Here's some of the things I struggle with when I'm trying to figure out about asking God. I say to myself, I ought to be able to handle this without asking God for help. It's a guilt game I play. At this point in my life, as old as I am, I should be able to handle this without asking God for help. And so, I don't. And I lose every time I don't ask God for help. Sometimes I ask these questions. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me that I, I'm still needing help in this area? Not, not too long ago, I said to God, why do I keep having this problem? Why am I still thinking that thought? Why am I still troubled about this situation? Here's another one. I guess I should talk to somebody about how I'm feeling, but I don't want to be a burden to anybody else with my issue. If I had you strapped to a lie detector right now, I bet it'd be going off all over the building. Because that's the way we live, isn't it? This morning was horrible. Getting the kids ready, getting everything ready. You and your husband fought all the way to church. You pulled in the parking lot, you slammed the door, you drug the kids to the front door. And the greeter said, how are you doing? You went, I'm just fine. You know why we do that? Because we don't want to burden people with our problems. And it's also the fact that we're not really sure they care about it anyway. So there's something very awkward about walking in going, my husband's an idiot. Well, welcome to Lake Erie Church. We're so glad you're here today. Have you met Pastor Leah? She'll be glad to help you. No, we just play a game like we don't want to we don't want to burden anybody. There's a song. Pastor Jerome, if you'll come on and get ready to play. There's an old song that I was thinking about this week that says this. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and grieves to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. I like this quote by Tim Keller. He says, in prayer, God will either always give you what you ask for or what you would have asked for had you known what He knows. Your Heavenly Father loves you. And he invites you to ask him for help. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Now, Father, thank you for this moment that you have given to us. I sure hope we were listening. There probably are people in this room who, like myself, have struggled at times to bring our burdens and our troubles to the Lord. And yet, Lord, we are reminded that you are always, always a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And so all over this room today, when every online viewer, in the house of every online viewer, wherever they may be watching, 
wherever that podcast is going this week and somebody's listening to it, every one of those environments, would you grow our faith and our confidence and our relationship with you that we can ask you anything? That there isn't anything that you will not receive. And I just pray in the name of Jesus for every need. God, there were miracles that were written on the piece of paper this morning. People scribbled onto a piece of paper what they were going to ask you for, and it's a miracle. If it comes to pass, God, what a miracle it's going to be. But the promise of your word is that you are able to do exceeding abundantly more than we ask or even think. Thank you for that. Kids are bowed. Just a moment. I won't keep you very long. I'm just wondering this morning, maybe you're sitting here today and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Maybe you got drugged here today because you're related to somebody or somebody invited you and you didn't know what to expect. But as you sit here, you know that your relationship with Jesus is not right. You don't have a personal relationship. As we've been talking about this morning, you don't have that personal relationship with Jesus. Can I invite you today to do that? It is the simplest and yet most profound moment of life to accept that you are a sinner who needs a Savior, to believe that He is the Savior who will take away the sins of your life who will forgive every sin that you have ever committed. I sometimes tell people it's remarkable that God forgives us so much. It just shows you how great His love is for all of us. Because He keeps forgiving us. We don't deserve it. None of us do. I don't. You don't. Everybody in this room needs the grace of God every day of their life. At some point, you have to begin a relationship with Him. You have to acknowledge Him, accept Him, and begin to follow after Him. And then many of these things I've been talking and preaching about today become a part of your regular routine, just the interaction, the exchange with Jesus. But you start by accepting Christ. Pray a very simple prayer here at Lake Erie. We're going to pray that prayer again this morning, and everybody in the room is going to pray it with you. But if you don't know Christ, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus today, maybe you once did and you, you pulled away, you've gotten involved in some things that have taken you away from the Lord. Well, today's the day. Today's the day to come back home. And even though these are words that are going to be repeated by people that are sitting around you, they become your words when you mean them. When you sincerely and honestly mean these words, they become your words. And God hears those words. In fact, the Bible tells us that He does. He hears those words when you pray them out of sincerity. When you're serious and say, God, yep, I'm a sinner. I acknowledge that and I ask you to forgive me. He will. I promise. And you can start. Now you can start and make that step forward that relationship with Christ. 
So everybody in the room with head bowed and eyes closed, would you pray this prayer out loud with me? God, I am a sinner. I am sorry for my sins. I believe Jesus died for my sins. I believe He will forgive me of my sins. I believe He will forgive me of my sins. I choose Jesus. I choose Jesus. Now open up your eyes. If you prayed that prayer this morning and you say, Pastor, I prayed that prayer and I sincerely meant it. I have accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. God bless you. God bless you. Yes, thank you. God bless you. Others. Others this morning. Come on, church. Come on, church. Yes. Yes, we celebrate today. I saw at least three. I may not have been able to see every one of them. but And maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you sincerely prayed that prayer. Then welcome. You don't have to raise your hand to go to heaven. It's just my way of keeping up with it and helping you. Two words on the wall right there say start here. If you're serious about what you just did, if you're serious about that next step, I want you to meet two amazing friends of mine, Billy Walter and Michelle Lewis. They'll be standing right over there. And all you got to do is just step over there. They'll ask you for your name. and They got some stuff they want to give you. Somebody will be following up with you. We want to try to help you take that next step. Don't be afraid of that. Don't think it's going to be something big. We're just going to help you take those next steps. We've also provided for you, you can see it on the screen, if you text the word SAVE to 440-557-2822. It's also on the screen for those of you that are online. If you text that word, you'll start a seven-day digital journey with me. I'll write to you every day, a very short, less than 400-word little, little help, little encouragement. Come to you on your mobile device, just helping you take that next step. And then I'll look for you next Sunday and the next Sunday. By the grace of God, we're all going to heaven together. That's what I want. Yes. That's what I want. That's what I want. Thank you for listening. Lake Erie Church is a multicultural Pentecostal church located in Perry, Ohio, about 30 minutes east of Cleveland. We would love to have you for a visit sometime. For more information or to connect with our team, please visit lakeeriechurch.com.